Blog Talk Radio. join us. We're going to be taking a travel that's going to change your life. You may already know what Reiki is. And for the rest of you, it may sound like a very strange word. Either way, this is going to be a life-changing program. You're going to hear marvels that you need to take very seriously. And with me to bring those marvels, the healing power of Reiki, is the author of the book, The Healing Power of Reiki, Raven Keys. Good morning, Raven. How are you? I'm fine. How are you? I'm doing well. Raven, you are going to take us into a path all over the place in terms of how Reiki has been utilized with major sports teams, uh, crises like 9-11, cancer centers, uh, surgery circumstances, including with Dr. Oz, and your own series of experiences. But first, you've got to explain to us what is Reiki, what is it all about, what is it? Experience like so for someone, what do you how, how do you introduce this to us? Well, um, Reiki is energy from the universe, and a Reiki master and even the practitioners from the very first um, time that one might start to study Reiki, you become attuned to being able to receive this um, this energy into your own body. It fills the practitioner up, and then it comes out of the practitioner's hands into wh- whoever they're working on. Um, it has different effects on different people depending on what the person needs. It's very bliss-inducing most of the time. It can... Um, it can ha- give a person the opportunity to have deep rest if they need to rest right then. It's intelligent en- energy, so it does whatever needs to be done for the person. For example, somebody might come to me who has a broken toe, but inside them somewhere there's another issue that's brewing maybe. Like maybe they're developing some sort of dis-ease like cancer or a kidney disorder or whatever it might be. The the Reiki will go to that location first. It's very difficult to explain, but I do work in medicine. And when I'm in the operating room, they're always, uh, because I work at Columbia Presbyterian Hospital, it's a teaching hospital, so there are always people in the room who don't know anything about what I'm doing. So what I generally say is I'm I'm giving energy to this person for their healing. And that seems to be enough, and people are really busy in operating rooms, so we don't have a lot of time to chat. But um, it, it is hard to describe what it actually is. But everything in the universe is made up of energy, so... The energy that Reiki is is the energy that's devoted to healing. Well, you know, so I, I know that there are individuals that have turned into this that are well experienced with Reiki, and you listeners that are experienced are going to expand your appreciation and 
your freedom to be able to use Reiki. And those of you that don't know what it is, it really is worth your experiencing it. Let me, uh, Raven, tell you a little bit about my experiences with it. Um, when I first experienced the energy without having any training in it, it was like a warm chocolate-type heat, as if I were soaking in hot chocolate, which is something I particularly like. And at other times, it's like this wonderful vibration. Sometimes the vibration is fast, sometimes slow. Sometimes it feels like it's a cool energy, as if, if there's an inflammation, that there's this delicious soothing coolness that's coming or pouring into that spot. Do any of those dovetail with your experience or those with whom you use it? Oh, absolutely. People really do always receive um, what they need at the time. For example, when you say the cooling um, sensation, people who are undergoing radiation um, can really have that cooling effect from Reiki because that's what they really need. Um, it's it's almost like you can dial in your own experience in a way, and at the same time be open to what you're you're going to be receiving. Um, does that make sense to you, Doctor Francis? Well, what it, I just said it does. It does indeed, because I'm also a Reiki master. But does it Uh-oh. make sense to people who've never tried it? Because I think what we're we're kind of groping with your Raven, is that this is a very experience-based energy. You, it's almost yeah. like you have to experience to really comprehend it. And even if you've experienced it once, it may feel different the next time. At least that's yeah. my my understanding. How does that fit with yours? Oh, absolutely. It's that way for sure. Um, every single time that a person receives Reiki, they're in a different state of mind or different things have happened in the day in which they come or their body is in a different place and needs different things. Definitely, it's always a unique experience. Um, I have one client that um, continues to come to me. I've gone through all of her cancer treatments with her and three surgeries, um, all of her chemotherapy. I've always been there for her. And and she comes to my office now every week because she doesn't want to have cancer come back to her. So we are um, we're really experiencing a lot of different things every single week. So it's wondrous. It's absolutely incredible, like what can happen in an hour with when you're receiving Reiki and even when you're giving Reiki. It's pretty amazing to me every single time I have the great opportunity to be with a client. Mm-hmm. Okay, so take us one direction or another here. Either tell us what's it like for you when you administer it, because I agree, I love administering it, and uh, tell us, some of your stories that are in your book, The Healing Power of Reiki. This is an amazing read, folks. It is a very well written. Nice job, Raven. But in addition to it being well written, it is so moving. The way people's lives are touched with Reiki is just, um, it, it is a supremely moving book. So tell us some of our stories about the healing work, the soothing work that you've experienced with Reiki. Well, for me, when I give Reiki to people, I, I'm in. It's for me, it's a very spiritual experience because that's what Reiki has brought me to. And I've been doing it since 1995. I became a Reiki master then, and um, 
I really didn't know what to expect from myself or from Reiki either. It was just what's going to happen now is what I wondered. But what I came to realize and what actually happened is that once I I became a Reiki master, this path just formed in front of my feet. And I wasn't trying to do anything. I was just in I was just open to what was going to happen. And then um I I I taught some Reiki masters and I decided, okay, now I didn't even have a practice then. I just taught some Reiki masters. And so I decided, okay, well, I'm going to start a practice. So I ordered um, a Reiki table, an actual, you know, it's a little bit different from a regular massage table. And on the day that my table was delivered, my husband, who's a musician and sometimes has uh, guitar students, had a guitar student that day who was very curious about the box. He was like, wow, it's that big box when it was delivered during his lesson. And um, my husband said, oh, well, that's my wife's Reiki table. And he said, really? I mean, this was like 1995. And um, the so not many people even knew the word Reiki back then. So he said, well, I never even heard of that. But, but strangely enough, my girlfriend, Lavinia Erico, mentioned that word to me just last night. And she owns Equinox Fitness. And she's looking for somebody to do that. So um, it came to pass that Lavinia Erico, who did own Equinox Fitness at the time, was calling me and she asked me to come and do Reiki on her in one of the wellness centers. And that was the beginning. Like I started to do Reiki at Equinox Fitness and then one thing led to another. I became a... um, meditation teacher there they asked me to teach meditation so i started doing that and then i ended up having a uh, um one of the members brought a friend of hers to one of the classes that i taught so when she came she really liked the class and then she wanted to try reiki so she ended up becoming a client of mine then Sometime later, say a year later, like we would have a session every month or something like that, but all of a sudden she needed open-heart surgery. So um, she was interviewing surgeons, and one of them was Mehmet Oz, and at that time he was a full-time doctor at Columbia Presbyterian Hospital. So um, he had a book out, and he had been interviewed um, by the New York Times uh, And so there was this article in the New York Times that I had, and I was like, oh, my gosh, this guy is amazing. Well, it came to pass that she selected him to be her surgeon because she asked him if I could go to surgery, and he said yes. So I ended up going to surgery at Columbia Presbyterian Hospital with her, which was an amazing experience. It was so amazing to be in the operating Mm. room for the first time in my life, with really, even though he wasn't America's doctor then, he was a really well-known surgeon and so revered. It was almost like the waters parted when he came through the hospital kind of doctor. And um, so then I ended up on his research team from that. And um, and so it's just continued. Like I've just gone on and on and on and done Reiki in all these different situations And for me, every single time I've been with a client, I always call them clients. I know you call your people patients, but 
for me, they're the clients, and we I share my client with the doctor, and that's the doctor's patient. So we have a very great working relationship when I work with doctors, and um, it's always different for me. Like in the operating room that first time, it was a lot to go through to have somebody that you really care about, have their breastbone sawed open with an electric saw. I mean, really a lot. But um, it was so wonderful for my for Dr. Oz's patient to have Reiki during surgery. It meant the world to her that I was there. And so what I've learned um, over time, because I've been to the operating room many, many times since then, actually that was the one time that I went, and then I didn't go into the operating room for 10 years after that. I was on Dr. Oz's research team, and then I ended up in the NFL and the NBA and and so on and so on and so on. And I really didn't think I would ever go back to a hospital. But then another client showed up that wanted me to go, and then I ended up doing all this breast cancer surgery and work. But But the fact is that now, because I've been in the operating room so many times, um, I have to say that it is so important for a patient to have Reiki during surgery. The surgeons and everybody in that room has a job so important, they have to be paying complete attention to what they're doing. They have no time to do anything except focus on their one job. And what happens in the end with all that is that there's nobody there to take care of the patient. The anesthesiologist is the closest person to having a concern about the patient because they're the one who's balancing their life force between dimensions. Like, they're keeping you just barely alive, and I, you can't even believe the things that go on in an operating room when it comes to anesthesia. And then all the surgeons, all the technicians, they have to be paying total attention to their exact job. So there's nobody there to take care of the patient. But when there's a Reiki master in the room, that patient is being taken care of. Not only that, you know, that's comforting for the patient to know, okay, I'm going under anesthesia now. I don't know anybody in this room. I just walked into a situation or I was brought in on a table um, where everybody's wearing a mask. There are all these instruments around, and you know they're going to be used on you. It's a terrifying thing. But when you have a Reiki master with you, it makes all the difference in the world. I talked for a long time on that one. You know, I just think that uh, on some level, I just think that having a a worthy individual there that's calm and and pure and and loving would be, uh, you know, also just helpful. But Reiki itself is beyond having a good person that's there with with their own personal love. It's, It's an experience to receive it that makes you so much aware of more and there's the actual healing impact that it has. Um, if yeah. we were just to take a caveat from your from your excellent stories, your amazing stories, which I, I definitely want every listener to absorb, and of course they have to read your book to get even more of the details and more of the stories. But let's Let's just break away for a moment and talk about some of the science that you know about has been um, placed upon examining what Reiki is, some of the empirical information, 
some of the um, dovetailing with different types of fields of science that are actually taking place now. What is it that you're aware of along those lines? Well, you know, I um, we are hoping to have a big study done at Columbia Presbyterian Hospital, and I know that Dr. Feldman would like to be the, the lead doctor on that if we can possibly make it happen. Up until now, there have been some studies done some of them have shown that there are great medical um, results from using Reiki, and some have not. It's been very um, hit or miss so far with the, for, with the research that I'm aware of. You may be aware of other things, but as far as I know, there's um, the science behind it still is lacking in um, there just hasn't been enough done, research that is, into Reiki. But what the clinical the clinical um, benefits have been during surgery, it's very important for the blood pressure to remain steady. That's a given. Like if the Reiki practitioner is in the room giving Reiki, the person's blood pressure remains steady. That's a very wonderful thing. They... Um, they come out at the end not needing as much pain medication, which is a wonderful thing as well. Not that, you know, it's always such a great idea to say, no, no, I don't want any pain medication, but but truly not needing it or taking pain medication for just one day instead of two weeks or whatever it is, you know. Um, so those are the kinds of things that I'm aware of, like, um, and then the, the comfort that the patient receives. But Reiki is pure energy from the universe that heals, and it definitely does things. And it, um, one of the things that I've noticed and that the doctors have noticed is that it changes the energy in the room for everyone. It's as if the doctors are receiving Reiki in a way that's beneficial to them because they have their hands on the patient and the patient is being flooded with this energy and it's going into the doctors. So, but I, I'd be interested to know, you, you, I know that you've done some research on Reiki yourself, so um, I've been I just, really I busy love, doing my practice, so I don't have a lot of time to to delve into the research. I think it's just beautiful that you as a practitioner have actually interfaced with so many professionals that really do have to stick to the empirical findings in order to be able to advocate for treatment, uh, to advocate that a Reiki master is available um, in a hospital. You know, there's there's malpractice concerns that they have in anybody's in, entering into that arena. And yet you have been able to leap over that. Wow, just amazing. That's really just amazing. When I started taking Reiki about 20 years ago, nurses were being trained and were doing it in terms of being able to apply it to the patients to whom they were caring for. And the nurses that I trained with that talked about uh, how it helped them so much in administering calmness and peacefulness and connection and feeling of uh, comfort, uh, like the clinical aspects of it. It wasn't just that the nurse was a nice person, but there seemed to be something additionally that was very good for the hospitalized patient. And then I know that there's a lot of research on vibrational medicine, now that is not only taking place in terms of the devices of ultrasound and electronic uh, impulse, impulses that are put into individuals' bone 
density or things of that sort, but it seems to me like since Reiki does implement vibrational frequencies as far as I can ascertain, it seems like that's an aspect of Reiki we need to look into in terms of being able to detect it in terms of the vibrational aspects of it. And another thing that comes to mind is that we can now actually film the energy or the heat uh, either by infrared or by Karelian photography or or we can actually see that there seems there is seeable evidence that there is an additional energy that is taking place that's other than the two human beings when they stand by each other or even when they're thinking positive thoughts with each other. Well, I could go on, but I think it's well worth us realizing this is a new field that the medical industry has to embrace first before they're going to start implementing research into. That's true. I also really do believe that the patients are the ones who are going to be the uh, at the foundation of that. Because the fact of the matter is, I um, this is starting to happen in my world right now. People want Reiki, they want it during surgery. They go to a hospital, they go to a doctor who's connected to a hospital, they're going to see a surgeon. They are going to start making decisions based on whether or not they can have Reiki in their surgery. If that's the case, then the hospitals and the doctors are going to be forced into accepting Reiki, investigating Reiki, clearing Reiki, because they need to have their operating rooms in operation. Do you know what I'm saying? They need to be yes. that those doctors need to be in there. They need to be using those operating rooms. That's how they make money for the hospital. And if patients start making decisions based on whether or not they can have Reiki in the operating room, then they're going to that, that's going to be the foundation. That's what I truly believe. And it's just happened to me last week, you know, I had a, a client come to me um, who wanted me to go to surgery with her at a hospital where I don't work. And it's a big hospital, and I'm not even going to say its name, but she was told no, she couldn't have me. And she was too committed by that time. You know, she was already scheduled. She was too committed. Too many things had gone down. She needed to get her surgery right away, and she had to just accept it. And she was really devastated to think that she couldn't have me come to her surgery when that's what she really wanted. And the and the and the funny thing, not funny, but too bad for her, was that she had been um, recommended through Doctor Oz to um, another surgeon at Columbia Presbyterian, but she didn't go. She went, she chose this other hospital for a different reason. And um, however, I think that that was kind of an indication of things that are to come, is that people are just going to start asking more and more and more to have Reiki during surgery, and. For myself, like I feel very, very um, dedicated to this idea. I'm devoted, especially since I had a recent surgery myself. And it's a long story that's going to be in my next book, and it has to do with um, spiritual wounding and how that becomes physical, and it ties into my work with 9-11 and a lot of stuff that came through because of this surgery. But I went to surgery and I had a Reiki master with me, and I wasn't going to go without her. It was just like, that's it. And this team never had Reiki in their operating room. And because 
we went together, that doctor and his team is now um, incorporating Reiki into their future surgeries. So um, I forget where I was going with this. (laughs) Well, you're, making a break, you're, break, you're, you're breaking into the, the barrier against um, against something that's apparently a serial. I think we can actually measure Reiki. I think our yeah, devices yeah, yeah. are becoming more and more sensitive that once we can apply those devices and um, they're allowed to be used in those actual clinical situations to measure Reiki, I think yeah. we're going to be amazed how actually very visible visceral and um, detectable Reiki is. It's a very strong energy. Um, So I think it's going to be amazing to watch in the next 10 years. I think so, too. And I think that's brilliant, um, what you have said there, because, yes, imagine if we really actually do get to do a study and they start to actually take photographs or use those cameras in the operating room to see what's going on when when there's a Reiki master there giving Reiki during surgery, the before, the after, the during, the whatever, it'll be just fantastic. It'd be fantastic. Now, here's something, <laughs> here's something that I also think I just want to mention briefly is that Reiki not only has the ability to radiate out of a, um, a Reiki administer, a, a healer, as hands, um, in the presence, whether you're touching them or whether your hands are just above the body. But Reiki also has the ability to penetrate time and distance. And um, when you went into surgery and told me about that, you were going to, I was busy doing distance Reiki uh, to you both during the time I thought you would be in the surgery room and afterward for uh, a couple of weeks until I heard that you were okay. And um, I think that... This is a powerful tool when we realize, and science is already there with with the understanding of quantum mechanics and bilocation and uh, that there's that the cellular cellular activity on one one place can affect the cellular activity in a distant place, like blood in one place affected will will transform the blood located thousands of miles away. So we can affect each other's cellular well-being. Just imagine mm-hmm. human race with Reiki positively affecting each other's cellular well-being. What's, talk some more about distance healing. Distance healing for me is one of the most profound things. Um, the way I do it, I've discovered, is maybe kind of unique. I was taught a very specific way of doing distance healing. That um, I have had students come to me that have trained with other teachers that never heard of what I what I teach them. And that being the case, um, what what distance healing is like for me is really a profound thing, uh, akin to what you're describing. People have such incredible reactions to it that it's stunning, really. And um, in the recent past, well, not so recent, but in the in the past, just let's, let us say that, when I do distance healing, I actually sit with my journal and I take notes because I'm getting information about what's going on with the person and what they need to work on, um, from a spiritual point of view, which is really amazing to me. I, um, I, what, what I understand from doing distance Reiki is just how much we are 
loved and cared for in other realms. Like, yes, we have the physical body. That's a manifestation of a deeply spiritual reality in the universe, that we have a physical body. We're a creation from a fantastic force. And the more that I've done distance Reiki, the more I realize that that's what we're tapping into when we do Reiki. It's like we're channeling the divine force that makes things alive. Hmm. All right. We're going to get into the spiritual aspect toward the end to keep you all intrigued. Because right now, Raven, you need to show us how it touched the hearts of people at 9-11, how it's helped people specifically who are suffering with cancer uh, and the sports, you big macho guys in the NFL and the NBA. Tell, tell us some stories about that. Well, after 9-11, you can imagine. I mean, I, I know that for those who weren't in New York, it's really even hard to imagine what we actually went through here. It was like our entire city was traumatized, for one thing. Not just because of what happened in the downtown area, but because the fact is the and the place was smoldering and it was on fire and it was um we all were breathing in the air of that massive destructive destruction not just of property but of human life. And so I don't even know how to discuss it uh, in some ways. It's just, it's unbelievable what our city went through. So then jump to the people who are working on the site. Well, you know, a lot of things were happening to them. They were exhausted. They had burned feet because they were walking on fire. Their boots would burn up. Um, All kinds of really unbelievable things. And... They were seeing ghosts and people, they heard voices and all kinds of things were going on for them. It was really quite a disaster to have to try to negotiate through all of that as a Reiki practitioner, as a Reiki master on the scene. Um, I had men cry on my table because they felt like they could do that. Um, You know, and then they were able to continue working because they had a release. There were people who were visited by their partners or their friends in the fire department who had passed away who came to say goodbye to them while I was working on them. There were um, people who had lungs that could hardly breathe from all the smoke that they were breathing, and the Reiki brought them ability to catch a breath, if you will. Um, So many things, so many things, physical things, spiritual things, emotional things, mental things. It was really, really, really a lot. And it was an honor to be able to serve and to bring peace, to bring comfort, to make it possible for someone to actually fall asleep for a few minutes who maybe was having nightmares and couldn't sleep at all. Um, Just Amazing. I could talk about 9-11 forever. However, I'm sort of off-duty with that, and when you read my next book, you'll understand why. But, um, yeah. In the football world, it's very interesting oh, because... Oh, can, I do, can I just stop you for a moment? Yes. Uh, and that is, I, I, Raven, um, thank you for sharing that about 9-11. And 
the horrors of that. Were you aware that Reiki energy, as you felt it come through you, as a, as as you felt it going into the bodies of the of the rescuers that you were trying to relieve, was Reiki at a different frequency or a different intensity or a different? I mean, was there something different about it um, that you were personally aware of? Well, I'll tell you one thing. Uh, it, there were there was so much angelic energy that was um, working with me, and um, I was getting messages from the angelic realm as to what they were act- doing out on the site. It was, um, is that what you mean? I mean, it was very <laughs> intense. I don't know what I mean. I really, <laughs> I want to know what it is it was like for you in contrast to, let's say, in your office or in contrast to a surgery situation. Did it have a different feeling to it or a different set of experiences? That And, and you're, were the angels more active? Were the, well, I think that the angels are always active, but it was such an emergency situation that... Yes, there were tons of angels, and then people were praying. Like um, the fact that there were prayers being said around the from around the world. I mean, I was in New York. I was walking my dog in Central Park, and people would come up to me and from all over the world and tell me, "Oh, we just came to New York because we wanted to help out. We wanted to spend our money here. We wanted to. We want you to know that on the day that those towers were hit." I was in such and so place, and this is what happened, and we prayed, and, you know, I'm telling you what, those prayers that people made, I could feel in the very air. And, of course, that was affecting all of us. It was affecting everything. It was affecting the work all of us were doing, including the guys out on the site. Like, the, I was told by um, the angels that there were times when they walked into those guys' bodies because – they were crying out for help, and they had lost their faith in God because of what they were looking at. And so, but you don't even have to believe in anything for the angels to help you. And yes, yes, the guys under my hands were like in extreme pain and emotional agony, like you can't believe. And they were crying out, and so angels were were coming through me into them. Yes, there was a difference. Oh wow! Thank you. Thank you. You took some time to heal from this, yes? I what? You took some time to heal from the experience of this, yes? Yes, I did. It um, it really was a lot. And, um, you know, there are a lot of people, or not a lot, but there are some people who might say, well, what were you doing? How could you do that work when you are in such a place yourself? You know what? That's how life is. We're not perfect. None of us are perfect on this planet, and we all do the best we can. And I, it did take me time to heal, and I really have to tell you that the final, the final bit of my healing did not take place until the last Thursday on September 19th in a full moon ceremony at, in Central Park. That was the end of my involvement and the final bit of my service to all those people didn't come oh, until wow. then. Because, you know, oh. there was just so much, so many things, so many aspects to it. 
and I had to I had to have surgery behind that and you know it's just like it's just so much that was revealed to me about why we need angels, why we need Reiki, why we need to take care of each other, how we're all connected, what it all means. So much, so much came through because of what happened um, with this September 11th thing. And um, in the end, it's all going to be a good thing that we all get to learn because I am determined to share what I learned. And what I learned is something powerful and beautiful and wonderful that the whole world needs to know. And the energy and the information that's contained in this can help all of us to jump over the politicians and those who are trying to run the world and take our joy and freedom and our ability to live in a healthy way on this planet away from us. We can jump over all of their bad intentions and and their ideas about what reality is. We can take charge. And it's all coming into the into the into this um realm of our knowing, we the people on this planet, because of what happened after nine eleven. All oh, the things wow. that happened. Yeah. Raven. <laughs> Amazing! I'm just I I almost don't want to be talking. I just want to almost be staying here, just in the intensity of what you're sharing, because I just totally know that this is true. When you titled your book "The Power, the Healing Power of Reiki," this is powerful, and for us to step into recognizing the power that is within this realm and many realms associated to it. We're not going to be sitting there looking at our political leaders as if they're the positions of power. We're going right. to be looking at the powers that are about the good and the healing and the the wonderful positive evolution of humankind. Wow, I just feel it in every word. Is this what your new book is about? Yes, actually. <laughs> it's, it has a temporary title right now. It may end up being the title of the book, but... Um, my deadline to turn in my manuscript is next Tuesday, the first of October. Oh my gosh! <laughs> yeah, so but it's pretty much done now. I just have some nice. meditations to add to the chapters, a uh, uh, few chapters, but it's pretty much done. And um, it's the the current um, title is Angelic Powers to Heal, and it's about me and doing Reiki in all these years and all the different ways in which the angels have um, spun their uh, their energy in and the information that they've shared with me. And it makes a huge, it's, I, I, I'm just really excited. I, I'm, I'm also terrified, you know, at the same <laughs> time, it's just so much and it's so important to me that there's a little bit of terror connected to it. <laughs> Why. Okay, well, we can uh, talk about that. <laughs> I think the terror of any of us recognizing that if we walk in our power, then we are in power. And if we walk in our weakness, we can hide into the the, the comfort of our smallness or the sound of us as a piccolo that plays way hidden in the back of the orchestra until suddenly everything's quiet and the piccolo is the only thing being heard 
and suddenly that piccolo is not so quiet and hidden. So it's like that experience of us coming out and recognizing, let's walk in our power, the power for good, and not be shy about it. But then there's there's not as much safety and comfort in not being able to hide. Is that part of the angst? Well, no, I don't think that's really it. It's that. Oh, um, good. <laughs> I for me, what it, the terror is is that this is my life. I'm this is this is the truth of my life. That the the healing power of of Reiki is the is the truth of my life. It really is, and it tells the stories of where I've gone and how it's been and everything like that. And this book is the foundation of the next book. I really do believe that the angels made it possible for me to to have the healing power of Reiki published. I mean, the, all the different elements of it that came together so that it cannot, could actually live was an incredible and almost like miraculous in and of itself, including the foreword by Dr. Oz. I mean, what? What? Yes. It's like, what? Uh, really? <laughs> Honest? <laughs> and yes, and it's a beautiful forward, and um, yes. he's a beautiful man, but um, it's still quite miraculous that it's there. And the way, and I describe how it all came to be in the next book, but I do believe that this whole book, The Healing Power of Reiki, was so that I could write this book about the angel, angels, and then I would have so much credibility and so many street creds that people would pay attention to what I have to say. Because, yes. I'm in operating rooms nice. with doctors, renowned surgeons. They don't know that there are angels in their operating room because I never mm. bothered to tell them. That's not a conversation uh-huh. I have with doctors. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't oh, tell them yeah. that. But they're going to find You're out now. Them now. <laughs> in the book, they're going to find out. And then oh, aren't they going to be surprised? But you know what? I've been in their operating room, so they have to, like, really at least consider what I'm saying and think about what it was like when I was in there and realize, oh, my gosh, I really did feel that. Because they do feel it. They feel it. They feel that. They actually tell you. They actually tell you. Um, Well, when, yes, I have been told. Like, I did ask, I think there's, um, in, in the Healing Power of Reiki, I mentioned that, I asked Dr. Feldman um, if he felt uh, Reiki in the operating room, and he said, yes, Raven, I do, and I think all the rest of the uh, people in the operating room feel it too, but they just don't know what it is. And so, um, you know, that's been... And then with my own surgery, I mean, I I was with the robotic team. They're like the rock star doctor. Like this is an internationally famous surgeon who never had Reiki in his OR before, but he, I went into my my pre-surgery um, appointment with him, and I said, you know, I have to have this. I can't have the surgery without it. He was very open. He was like, well, I just don't know what to do because I don't know any Reiki masters except for you right now. <laughs> so I happen to have mine with me. Um, yeah, when a, a Reiki master teacher that I trained myself who had come to the pre-op um, appointment with me, and she was waiting in the in the waiting room, so we had her come in, and then he went to a lot of trouble to make sure that I was able to have Reiki, and because it was coming from a different team and not Dr. Feldman's team, the whole hospital got involved. 
the supervisor of pre-op, the supervisor of all the operating rooms, the supervisor of post-op. All the supervisors were um, involved in this, and now there's a protocol in place. So if anybody calls Columbia Presbyterian Hospital and wants Reiki, they'll call me, and it's all it's all in place now. And that oh, wasn't that is, the case. Yeah. Isn't that what amazing? Oh, that's awesome. That's a what a wonderful precedent that is. Okay, so now and, walk us into. Oh, oh, please. And and so um, after the surgery, I went to my post op. Um, appointment with with doctor the doctor and um i said so dr Bertoni, how was it for you to have um reiki in your operating room because he brought it up not me but he was like oh my gosh it was so great lisa was wonderful she's so professional she never got in anybody's way she was so respectful it was great having her there i said well what was it like for you personally dr Bertoni?" and he said oh well i just have to say your case was really difficult and Everything went perfectly. It went so smoothly. Everybody noticed it. It could have really gone a lot differently, but it didn't. It was really easy. And I was, and wow. so he said, so I'm really down for this. I don't know what it is really, but I want it. <laughs> wow. Wow. Mm. To be able to step into that lack of objectivity for a moment for him, that's huge. That's just huge. That's beautiful. Yeah. Oh, I hate to shift you off of this, but I want the listeners to hear how it's also touching sports teams. What do you want to tell us? About the sports teams? Yes. Um, Well, I was lucky enough to, well, this is the one time I did try to make something happen. And um, my, through a whole set of circumstances, my son, John, who's also a Reiki master, and myself, we decided that we would um, try to work on professional athletes because, you know, look at what they put their bodies through. It's just like a lot. And there, are, there's so much that's coming out now about how a career in, in, in um, professional sports is really not good for your health. I mean, you know, in the future, you're not going to be so well off. So um, we decided to... Uh, put together these brochures and like I had Dr. Ross, I was on his research team then and all this stuff was going on. So um, long story short, um, the New York Giants called us. So I got a call and we went in and met with this, the guy who's actually the head of player development. His name is Charles Way and he was a former player who was an all-star player, and he was a big star on the team, and then he blew out his knee really badly, and he had, like, all these operations to make it better, but nothing worked. He was even a medical science um, history in the making kind of thing. Surgery is what he had when they took out a cadaver from a, a, a piece of a cadaver and put it into his knee, and his body rejected it, all these things. So by the time we uh, met him, his knee was, he had had his last surgery like two years before we met him, and his knee was still enormous. It was so swollen, you can't believe it, and it was really painful. So um, we did Reiki on him. We had a meeting, and we did Reiki on him, and um, so he decided that he was going to try Reiki and if it worked for him, then he was going to, you know, recommend it to the team. So what happened was that 
we worked on his knee like five times, and in the third session, there was this huge pop that was so loud that it shook the the filing cabinet drawers. It was so loud, and he didn't even wake up. But what ended up happening from the Reiki that he had received into his knee that made that loud pop, everything started to reverse itself, and he um, all the swelling went down in his knee, and it stopped hurting, and he started doing football drills again. And the long and the short of it is after five Reiki sessions, he was cleared to play football again, which was amazing. Oh like nothing like that had ever happened in the history of sports, I don't think. So, um, wow. so he was sending um, giants to us, and they weren't even allowed to tell us what was wrong with them. This was so hilarious, hilarious, because... Uh, Charles would say, no, she'll tell you what's wrong. You don't have to tell her. She'll tell you what's wrong with you. And so it was just hilarious, hilarious. Um, so, like, yeah. So anyway, you know how it is. If you're a Reiki master, you know what I'm talking about. So, um, it, so anyway, what we ran into was that um, the trainers are a lot of times medical doctors, and it's, they're very territorial about their their um, athletes and their position with a team and they really weren't very interested in having us around you know what I mean I mean it wasn't it just wasn't going to work out and I you know it was before 9-11 that all this was going on and I had once 9-11 came that was it I, I was just like there's just too much to do I can't be fighting with trying to make trainers believe in Reiki when they're not inclined to. It was just too much of an effort to make in a direction that I didn't feel that I had the energy for anymore once my city was in, you know, this this state of disaster. But um, we did get to work on football players, and one thing that I noticed about them was that this was really interesting to me. Their spirit, if you will, for all of them, was just about one and a half inches outside their body because their their bodies have to go through so much physical pain when you're in the NFL that their spirit just wasn't really all the way in there to experience it. Do you know what I mean? Oh, that's fascinating. And yeah, was that true it was. Throughout the year or uh, was it just around the game times? or I... It was like that all the time that I could feel. I mean, I know, I, uh, that's what it was like. I mean, really. Yeah. I mean, they play. They get, I don't even know how they do it. They play when they're injured, you know. They put off their operations until it's, um, ap- the season's over. It's insane. It's really kind of a crazy way to live. And then with the basketball players, um, because of the NFL, we got in the NBA. Um, a lot of things happen, you know. Like when you're when you're doing good work, 
there are coincidences that start to happen that aren't coincidences. You run into somebody, they open a door because they like you, because of this, because of that. I feel like the angels are always talking to each other, and they're like moving us around <laughs> so that we we end up in the right place and meet the right person. And then, you know, the conversation starts up. You don't even know why it started. And the next thing you know, it was one of those with the NBA. So... Um, we, the, the really interesting thing about that for me was working, we got to go to this thing called rookie transition, which is when the new players, um, that are coming into the league are sort of being welcomed in and kind of taught things that they need to know now that they're going to be a professional basketball player. And they're not all, all about physical stuff. As a matter of fact, it, um, rookie transition, Every basketball within 10 miles is quarantined somewhere. They won't let them play basketball. They're not allowed to do any jump shotting in the parking lots. They're not allowed to do it because these are really um, valuable players, and they don't want them to get injured by accident just because they went to rookie transition and they're so excited to be in the NBA now. So um, they just that's how that situation was. But at the at the in that situation, the most profound things that we did, my, John and myself, was work on uh, retired players who really were suffering from the injuries they had sustained during their professional careers, and they really loved Reiki to a one. There wasn't any of them that didn't just weren't thrilled with it because. They were the ones who were, had been in pain for years who who were able to have pain relief for the first time without taking medication. And it, that was across the board. And that was such a huge teaching to me, like how much Reiki really does take away pain. It's phenomenal. Wow, the, the- the application of this, were you also, while you were, were administering to their pain, and you could see that these other players had kind of like their spirit or their essence outside their body, Do you, were you aware of being able to reintegrate their spirit back into their body, or were they already there because they were no longer playing, or what was the transition not only with their physical pain, but with the sensing about their spirit, or do you know? Well, I don't know everything. And uh, when I said that their spirits were outside their body, I really did mean the fo- the football players. I mean, they sit in uh, in ice, in in um, metal ice, metal bathtubs on Sunday afternoons after the game. They sit packed in ice. Could you imagine? Amazing. No wonder your spirit has to be outside your body. How can you even deal with the cure? For what you just did, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like it's it's not incomprehensible. It would be to me. really interesting to uh, to have Reiki applied to each of these players and see if the Reiki is uh, is experiences that cold energy we were talking about that is applied to infections or in in the cancer uh, patients you mentioned. And well, you know, what would the Reiki feel like if it's going through the practitioner into the player and how would that compare to those that are sitting there in that metal bucket of ice 
oh, we just have to one day have empirical findings on this. It would be very interesting to transition into that. You yeah. know, and you've been, I've been putting a harness on you. I have to apologize. And the harness has been the need to talk about the spiritual aspects of Reiki. Now, you've mentioned it, but let's go full throttle. Tell us all about that aspect of it. Well, from the moment that I took my Reiki training, the way that I was taught, I was um, introduced to a guide called my Reiki Master in Spirit, which turned out to be an angel that I had seen when I was a child and um, wasn't I surprised. So ever since I started to do Reiki, I've been working with the angelic energy, I guess. I don't know. You know, there's so much about this that's a mystery to me. I've been devoted to it. I've done it all over the place, even all over the world at this point. And I still am like, completely amazed by the things that happen. And I know that the things that are happening that completely amaze me are coming in on the spiritual channel. We are spirits inside human bodies. And that's what we really are, is in our deepest essence, we're spirits. And so when you are receiving Reiki, that part of you comes awake. Like if you're the client and you're receiving Reiki, there's something inside you that's waking up. Like no matter how much drama, trauma, this, that, and the other thing that you may have experienced, the, the spiritual part of you is waking up or, or revealing itself to you. Like maybe it's really awake, very awake, but you keep ignoring it. It's going to come out now because you need that part of you that's what you really are i feel like we have these human bodies to um have experiences like we chose to be here in my belief i think and this is what the angels have told me the people on the earth right now there are so many people on this earth who chose to be here because it's a really important time it's really important to be here right now because the world needs to change and we're here to bring the change. And the only way we can bring the change is by opening up and allowing ourselves to be who and what we really are, spirits inside bodies. And Reiki can totally transform anybody's life. And this just keeps revealing itself to me over and over. Like I work with women with breast cancer. They come to me, they are just crushed by what is before them what ends up happening because i'm there with them and i'm like working with angels and all all the conversation that takes place and even in their sessions they completely change i can't even tell you how many breast cancer survivors i have in my life that i've now trained to be reiki masters Because it changes you, like Reiki changes you and makes you aware of why you are on this earth to make a difference. And so, you know, we're great. We're so much better than we even know. We're amazing. We're light beings. We're power and glory and love. We're such, we're made out of so much pure essence of the universe that's pure creative 
power that that's just nothing but love. That's what we really are. And then Reiki starts to make you realize it. And it's it takes your breath away. It just does. Hmm. Folks, as you're listening to this, she's not exaggerating. <laughs> the intensity with which you're speaking is is something that is going to be touching the skeptic's heart and making them scratch their head. The intensity that you're speaking with for those who are spiritual or energy workers or healers are not in their heads saying, yes, we know. And it is going to be so fascinating to see a coalescence of the wise skeptic that says, okay, let's give it a try, Um, because you'll be stepping into a whole chain of information, events, and uh, experiences that really mean stepping into it. Okay, so... Wow, I can barely wait to read your next book. When do we get to interview you again? So we'll talk more about that at another time, and you will come back. But how can people get a hold of your book, Raven Keys? Well, they just go on Amazon, um, and it's there um, every day, 24 hours a day. Also, you can um, get it on my website because um, www.ravenkeys, K-E-Y-E-S, dot com raven like the bird k e y e s um the there's a book is there you can order it from different places you can get it from Llewellyn worldwide from their site yeah and uh it's called the healing and power i discovered of i oh I'm sorry keep going i'm sorry <laughs> no that's okay oh i discovered you on audible.com and oh, wonderfully yeah. accessible. Oh, yes. And I listen to you as I'm doing my walks, and that's how I discovered you, and I said I have to call her for an interview. So folks, listen to her. She's reading her own book. It is a very, very moving, powerful story filled with information that you cannot deny, but you'll know you need to start engaging and investigating this. Again, it's called The Power, the, the, healing, story, power. the healing Power of Reiki by Raven Keys. Raven, as we have to leave, and I don't want to, give us some parting wisdom, some parting information that we can all take away and go, okay, I'm going to step into a different river and have a very different experience of life from this point forward. What would you want to say? Love yourself, two words, enough to ask, the higher realms to put your feet on the right path for you. The path that you chose for yourself long before you were ever born. You just don't remember it. So do us all a favor, starting with yourself. Go towards your own happiness and your dreams. Your dreams are the only thing you have. They're signposts to lead you to where you always intended to go. Let your heart lead you and believe in yourself because you're so beautiful. You're awesome and exalted, and I bow in awe of your light. Wow. Thank you so much, Raven Keys. Thank you so much, Dr. Carol. She is well-placed on the Internet 
You can see her on the faceplate of this program and ravenkeys.com, R-A-V-E-N-K-E-Y-E-S.com. Any other way you want them to contact you, Raven? Oh, that's that's fine because all my information's there, and they can beautiful get to me. So thank you, Dr. Carol Francis Light, being yourself, and thank you so much mm-hmm. for the opportunity. Thank you very much for joining us, folks. She will be back, and please step right into your path. Take care. Bye bye. Bye bye, darling. Bye. Oh, Raven, oh, thank you so much. This is Dr. Carol Francis. I thank you so much for an inspired and informative radio show. And I do hope that all the press uh, media outreach that I have done and will continue to do, continue to help get people to connect with the very essence of what your message was. So thanks for moving us all way beyond our, our small self to our business. You better wait to read your book. <laughs> Oh, my gosh. I'm going to bite at the bits here. So be in touch, and thanks for being who you are and for touching my life so deeply. And uh, if there's any way I can help in the future, don't hesitate.